Hi, this is Rob Watts, author of Hold the Folk, and if you don't listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the hidden people will come after you. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye-bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. There was a mute button there somewhere, and I found it. Ah, did I find it? You found did. it. Oh, good. Oh, thank goodness. It's Talkcast two hundred and two. Welcome to Sci Fi Saturday Night, deep in Area fifty one on the sub level twenty one promenade, adjacent to the Slippery Jim DeGriz Slip and Slide Pachinko Parlor. I am the Dome. Joining the Talkcast tonight are many of the usual peoples that we talk to when we have people that we talk to. Uh, in the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, president of technicalness, sometimes level-headed, oft-times outspoken, occasionally awesome, potentially acerbic, and she's a redhead, Kriana. Glad to know you're eloquent as always, Dome. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What can I tell you? Okay, somebody's got to look at the chat there. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ginger Anjanou, the woman who is best remembered as the choreographer in Dirty Dancing Zombie Jamboree. I remember when her ear fell right off. It is the dead redhead. Good evening, everyone. We were supposed to have, supposed to have, um, another doubleheader. Every time we've scheduled a doubleheader, it hasn't worked. So, uh, and once again, it hasn't worked again tonight. So, tonight, uh, some friends who have uh, been with the show for a while, uh, Alan Herbert, uh, creator of Laser Man, and Chris Herbert, also from Laser Man. Hey, how you doing, guys? How's it going? How are you guys doing? You want to try again on those oh. names, Dom? Chris, well, the names were close. Chris and Alan Hebert. There you go. Hey, there you go. Jeez, you know, there there are some days that I can't even remember uh, um, John DeLancey, but that's just me. Honestly, In fact, there, there are quite a few um, comic book databases out there that have uh, the creator of Laser Man listed as Alex Herbert, which I always find amusing. <laughs> Well, that's just There's not right. Nobody. <laughs> so anyhow, we got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, that's coming out with Laser Man and uh, a lot of new stuff, including uh, a brand new cover that you guys have just debuted, or just about to debut, actually. But before we do that, it's grand opening week for the new television season. And there's been a crapload of really cool stuff. So, Kriana, where do you want to start with? What do you what do you really want to start with this time? Well, I would I would like to start with a, a defense of Sleepy Hollow, and okay. dead dead redhead. Do not say a word. You've gotten your piece in. <laughs> <laughs> we know how you feel about this. Sleepy Hollow, first of all, uses actually quite a lot of the, the source material of the original short story. I mean, I love the throwbacks to 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 Milton. I love the throwbacks to the the story. I love how the police captain guy's name is Irvine. Come on, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um Irving? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. I'm just as bad as you don't. Wow. At least he's dead, right? Well yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Chris and Alan are dead. He's yeah. dead, and if he's because not he's dead, dead, he's doubly offended right now. <laughs> Zombrian, please confirm that he's dead. <laughs> yes, Washington Irving is dead. Awesome. Irving Washington, <laughs> however, is <laughs> not. 
<laughs> Otherwise, I'm in deep doo-dah right now. Um, no, I, I really liked it. I think the premise is not as cheesy as it could be. As, as other procedurals are. The dialogue, well, it's certainly less cheesy than Grimm. Um, well, that's exactly where I was going with that, yeah. Um, and Grimm was entertaining for a while. Oh, um, it still kind of is, but... Yeah, yeah I lost interest. Uh, although <laughs> Monroe Mance is always welcome. That, that's sort of the problem that I have with Grimm. I think Monroe started off as such a secondary character. And, and is now right up in front, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, he's stolen the show. He's more that's interesting than... Well, I don't know. I, I kind of like What's-His-Name's Wife, too. Oh, yeah, she's kind of cool. And that's kind of an interesting subplot as well. So, I mean, you know, at least it's multi-layered as opposed to, here it is, here's the plot of the week, and that's that. I think it's telling, though, that he's the main character, and you just called him what's-his-name. Oh, please. But I we can't knew Monroe's that, that, that doesn't really mean anything in Dome's case. Not, not in my universe. Well, yeah, but I can't remember it either, and so that does actually oh, I can't remember something. it either, actually, but we haven't watched it in a while. But what? Monroe-mance is always welcome. Now, Sleepy Hollow, sorry, sorry, Chris or Alan, I couldn't tell which one of you was talking. No one can tell us apart. I was just going to say, not for nothing, considering uh, the street Dome is on tonight, with uh, name pronunciation, I think What's-His-Name is actually a lot closer than we would have gotten. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's true. Anyway, Sleepy Hollow, we we did a marathon of the first, what, three episodes over the weekend, and we watched them, and I think that these characters are very three-dimensional, surprisingly three-dimensional characters. Hey, the addition in episode three of the sister, I thought, was terrific. And the way that they developed her in episode yep. four, and the, the way they developed that storyline, it's it's actually, and this is kind of rare, sort of surprising. Not yeah. not like the developments were surprising, but they surprised me. The story elements surprised me. How many it's, writers it a, do that to me? It wasn't days? a paint-by-numbers deal. No, Absolutely not at not. all. And that's sort of what I expected it to be a grim. I expected them to, to go after a Wolfenstein and... And a jerk a fleck and a flergermong. <laughs> no, yeah. They're not Swedish, they're German. I know, but it should still be a flergermong, you never know. And, okay. <laughs> and, but they, they actually have come up with... And, and second of all, or third of all, fifth of all? I'm not sure where fifth I... Fifth of all. Yeah, you're I'm about not sure five. where I ended up. Their creature designer is excellent. Yeah. There've been some very nice uh, effects, creature designs, especially uh, the last episode, uh, the uh, the chapel uh, scene at the very end of the episode. That was terrific. Really? Because I thought that was the only one so far that was cheesy. <laughs> Figures. <laughs> I thought the Sandman was legit, awesomely. Creepy. Oh, that was legit. Yeah, absolutely. Awesomely creepy. Really interesting um, design for the character. Um, and it was something that made me go, oh, whoever designed that? It, it called back Pan's Labyrinth to me on, on what, a network TV. What? Wow. What? I'm not sure that I would go that far with it, but yeah. But it, I, it was, like, sl- reminiscent of it. Not, obviously, yeah. obviously not the cinematography, obviously not the effects, but, like, they've got someone really good working in their creature shop. Yep, they do. By the way, Creature Shop is trademarked the Henson Company, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, I was just looking at that, probably. So. Mm-hmm. so that's what I have to say about Sleepy Hollow. Also, somebody is channeling Joss Whedon in that show. The dialogue just zings. And Ichabod is really witty. But it's also nice having that, that 1700s dialectation at the same time you've got everybody else in present. Word? Dialectation? It is now. Uh-huh. And it's not very 1700s the way he, the way he talks. No, not really. It's just sort of British. <laughs> well, that's everything. Not is... that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> it's mildly attractive. And, and He's it's... a mildly attractive man. All right, enough. So, <laughs> so I'm just saying that, that these things work together to make this the show I will like very seriously continue to watch. I get excited when it comes on. You do not excite easily, I'll grant you that. Not with television. I, I really don't. And I was all ready to like not be thrilled with this one, so I am 
I was very pleasantly very surprised. Okay, cool. Uh, Dead Redhead. Yep. American Horror Story, Coven. Well, was like, I, did you yes. not see Zombrarian call that? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did not see Zombrarian call that. Zombrarian? No, Dead Redhead can say what she thinks. I'm sure we all think things. <laughs> well, in general, that's true. <laughs> I'm having a zen evening. Yeah, well done. I kind of like it. Dead Redhead, what do you think? Are you sure I can say something? I'm not sure, but we're going to try. Give it a shot. Only if you agree with us. (laughs) Okay, if nobody else is going to talk, I really liked it. I thought it was a great start for it. I think that it's setting it up. We already have multiple storylines setting up. As usual, it's great to see those characters being rehashed in different ways. Jessica Lang stole the show again because it's what she does. I loved seeing that um, young woman with the Down syndrome who was in the first season. Oh, God, she was terrific, too. She's got this great character going on. Um, I love the dialogue in that. The whole don't make a drop a house on you. Uh, There are just lots of really great lines in it. I'm completely excited about it. What blew me away was the end of the episode. And I'm, we're not going to play spoiler alerts here because if you haven't seen it, you need to see it anyway. But the end of the episode had a great surprise to it, uh, which brought all the characters right up to that moment and brought three storylines into one right off the bat. And I think that's kind of this particular show's strength as opposed to last season. The last season had like 18 storylines. And, they and really disjointed. <laughs> really <laughs> disjointed. They just kind of trailed off at some point. There were like aliens and there was Anne Frank. And there was Anne Frank and there was Santa Claus and there was the Nazi doctor and the angel of death and a mental institution. And, and lesb- the UFO. And, and the UFO. And lesbians. Yeah. And they just all sort of did things tangentially to each other, and that was it about didn't it. Didn't make a lot of sense. This is this was more cohesive right it off. It was the a bat. hard storyline right off the bat, and it was an interesting storyline. Go ahead, Chris. I said uh, dialectation and tangentially. Well, you guys are. Uh... In my defense, tangentially is actually a word. May actually be a word, yes. It is, in fact, a word. Zombarian calls it a word. Also, they didn't just distill the storyline down, I don't think. I think that after, I think they took the best parts of the cast from the first two seasons Mm. and really distilled it down to... Like, every single character who showed up on the screen, I was excited to see. And I was excited to see the actor and their interpretation of the character, and none of them was the exact same character that they were before. It's great. Was his name Phil? I'm still trying to think of the grim guy's name. (laughs) (laughs) Mortimer? Give it up. Give it up. Cam, look this up for me. It, it was uh, uh, John DeLance. Anyway. It was not. Connor? <sighs> was it Connor? I was no. making a really good point, and you just totally steamrolled it with a bad joke. I'm sorry. I'm hurt. Well, but I was thinking, here's how I got there, is I was thinking, I was really sad that, spoiler alert, um, they seem to have killed a certain blonde gentleman off already. Yeah, I know. I love that actor. And I remembered his name from, like, two years ago. Which, which was Tate. His name is Nick. In, in this right. season? In Grimm. The guy's Grimm. name is Nick. Oh! See, I didn't even ring a bell. Wow. Oh, oh, oh man. Christ. It's like Mangle the World's name day. But no, the the blonde guy who's been in all three of them, and again, he's playing a totally different character. Again, but we don't know if that was the end of him. No, we don't, but it sure looked like Knowing this show, he could come back. And and I like, um, I don't know the actress's name again, but I like her power. Um, Which one? The, the main character. 
Jessica? No, the girl. Zoe? The girl. No, yeah, that's her, that's the character's name. The one that played the daughter in the first. Yeah, season. I got one. <laughs> the character's name is Zoe. She reminds like me of that character in um, the Misfits. Don't. Yeah, no. kind of, kind of. But I mean, you know, if if her only power is that one right now, that's kind of bizarre. Oh, yep. you know that she's going to end up being the supreme. Yeah, I already figured that one. Yeah. Um, no, you know who who has my favorite power is, oh, no, I can't remember her name now, uh, Precious. Human Voodoo Doll? Oh. Voodoo Doll, she's amazing, I love that her. Was, that was cool. That was awesome. That was so cool. Hello, thank you for calling. No one is currently available what? to Hello? call. Hello? Please leave a message after the tone. Thank you. Um, Tracy Hickman is trying to call us? Tracy Hickman has joined the show for a moment as a surprise guest. I kind of blew my cover, though. Is he here? Hi, Tracy. Tracy? Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm seeing a video of him. Let's try this again. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll try again in a moment. Perhaps? That's really maybe. Weird. Anyway. Sure. Give it a shot. I love a live podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I know, that's that's what makes this this fun. All right, so we, we've been through Sleepy Hollow. We've been through American Horror Story. Okay, Arrow came up this week. Uh, you've got to go easy on that good work, kiddo. <laughs> that was actually, that was actually not me. Okay, whoever it was has to be careful on that keyboard. Uh, Arrow opened this week uh, for its season two after a terrific season one to an incredibly muddy episode that just bounced all over the place, had no focus. The characters had changed because it had been six months since, and they actually went the six months. And um, it was a disappointment to me. Anybody else get a chance to see it? No. Well, I got two dogs in my house, so generally if it isn't My Little Pony or... Um or uh, Monster High DVDs. Uh, I'm a little bit behind the times. I'm still waiting for the, for the one show that I'm making Alan DVR for me. When you guys get to it, then you'll hear me jump up. Oh, man. All right, well, um, hmm. I guess it's probably Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bingo. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this morning just got their full season order. So they're going a full 22 episodes for they this season. They didn't have that yet? I know, they I'm do not have it. Well, it is Joss, and they do like to screw him over. That's yeah, true. They did, they did have these essential Firefly 13. <laughs> <laughs> but ABC gave them the, the back, so they've got a full 22. And uh, they're already talking about a second S.H.I.E.L.D. television show uh, based on another one at the age. So what did you... So what did you guys think of it? Yeah. So Chris and Alan, what did you guys think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm a fan. I, th I think Alan's a little bit more on the fence than I am, but um, I'm loving it so far. Uh, although I do get the distinct impression, I know Joss Whedon's name is attached to it. I'm wondering how much he's actually having to do with this, because a lot of it so far seems to me like other people trying to write Josh-ish television. Does anyone else hmm. get that impression? Yes. To some degree, I thought that the first episode was kind of uh, watered down and mm -hmm. kind of dumbed down a little bit. The second episode, not quite the same, but by the third episode, you know, I mean, they're really starting to hit their stride with it now. And starting to actually move forward in a way that I'm comfortable, you know, wanting to see the Marvel Universe look like. I like this past episode a lot better than the previous two. Yeah. Any 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 television series that get once it gets started, uh, the, the early pilots are always dreadful. They haven't found their feet yet, and so they just don't. 
Um, they just they don't, the, the characters aren't solidified. The plots aren't functioning quite. The relationships in the characters never quite work right. I mean, any any television series that you look at the first one or two episodes, even the three episodes, it's uh, uh, they haven't really found their legs yet. Ladies and gentlemen, joining the podcast, Tracy Heckman. <laughs> the ever-opinionated Tracy Heckman, yes. <laughs> no, it's okay, we like that. We absolutely like opinionated stuff. It's not like we're not opinionated. I have no opinions whatsoever about anything. The, the biggest problem I think that we face with a lot of these new series um, is, uh, is that the, the corporations that run media these days aren't willing to give anything any time to develop so you know you you have two or three episodes and you get into it and somebody says oh that's not working we got to pull the plug um when in fact they may just find the audience yeah firefly is a really best example of that the reason that it got pulled is because uh you know they um they didn't give it any opportunity to breathe made a rash decision and it taken off and by then you know basically the damage was done well, the first rash decision that Fox made with that was to show the episodes out of order. Right, and, and it all boiled down to no support for the show in general. Right. Yeah, no, I'm actually pleased with the way ABC seems to be supporting uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., getting a lot of promo, a lot of uh, secondary press. Um, they've been, they uh, make a lot of money out of it, that's Yeah, why. that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> I totally well, agree. Yeah. And as long as it continues to do that, everything is good. But I think the point is is that when they smell money, they're certainly happy to get behind it. But shows like Firefly, <laughs> which could have made them a lot of money, they're like not willing to give them a chance. And then they have these like worlds of missed opportunities. That sounds like a good title for a novel, Tracy. Feel free to take that. Worlds of missed opportunities. Yeah. Okay, I'll get on that. Okay. <laughs> Awesome. The thing that kind of bothered me, um, and, and it's a minor quibble, I know, that, that's bothered me about Shields. It feels like um, there are a lot of Josh isms in there. There's a lot of like that witty mm-hmm. dialogue, mm-hmm. Um, but some of, the, some of the plot lines seem a little bit too on the nose for the way that I'm used to Josh Whedon writing. Um, things like um, you know the characters were, were having you know this deep conversation early in the episode about how um, oh we're, we're you know solutions that are coming from a bunch of people giving a part of the solution and then sure enough they're all tied up and we'll get out of here if we all contribute to the solution and they look at each other knowingly that's a little bit on the nose for for joss he's usually a little bit more subtle a little bit more sly than that well and yet we see on the last episode the one that just recently most recently aired uh the whole idea that we're we're coming here to rescue the the guy that's been abducted and been taken to the evil guy's secret lair I thought that had a really great kind of Joss twist at the end. Yeah. Well, that too. Like I said, it, 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 it's like a Joss loaf. It has chunks of real Joss waiting in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some of it is Joss byproduct. Exactly. That, that's that, that's Just, it exactly. That's to put the finger on I mean, I think that it's, it's the kind of show that once it really gets comfortable in stride, um, it has a lot of potential, and that's why I'm like, I, I'm really, really excited about watching it. But uh, I, I just, I don't think that, like, if you watch early episodes of Buffy, or especially mm-hmm. the first couple episodes of Firefly, they gelled immediately. Josh that's is very, true. very good that's at putting true. them together from the gate. This doesn't seem to have that much luck. This is really a fascinating discussion, just looking at it from the outside. As, as we debate whether a Joss Whedon show is Joss enough, <laughs> it's pretty much exactly what we're doing, yeah. And, well, I, and the point is that I don't know if Joss is as involved in it. I mean, people hear that Joss Whedon's attached to this, and they assume that he's fully at the helm. I haven't checked the credits, but I'm pretty sure he's just more or less producing this. With you other mean kind of, like, kind of like the last season of Buffy or season four of Angel? Right, neither of which I think were particularly fantastic. Exactly. Well, yeah, and you're you're right. Actually, in, in in that in that aspect, that a lot of times uh, a creative that's involved in something isn't as involved with it uh, creatively as necessarily by their name. I, I, I've recently been rewatching um, all of the episodes of The West Wing, 
And it, it's such a stark contrast between the time when Aaron Sorkin was actually writing The West Wing and then was on the outs and they, they tried to write uh, Aaron Sorkin-like and, and it, it, it just didn't have the same uh, grace or, or impact or, or sparkling dialogue that it had when he was actually doing it. So basically what I think should happen is that Sleepy Hollow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should switch writers and then it would kind of be what I expected. I have no idea what that means. Well, because Sleepy Hollow, the, the very first episode, there was a very palpable Joss-like depth to all of the characters. It, and and you sort of, I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but I sort of was like, when when the sheriff died in the first episode because he he was already set up as you know someone i should care about and i did despite myself i was just sad because they killed off the kurgan (laughs) i don't know what that means that particular actor is the same guy who played the kurgan in the highlander movies i have never seen the highlander movies well, that's something you've got to get. That's something I should Probably not. Probably oh. not. So the reason Tracy Hickman has joined us today, uh, at least I hope the reason that Tracy Hickman has joined us uh, for the podcast tonight, is the recently concluded Sojourner Tales board game Kickstarter, which was a phenomenal success. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's... It's actually thanks are due to all of the amazing backers that came in and supported us in creating this this awesome game. Yeah, we rock. Yeah, we <laughs> totally rock. <laughs> yeah, Kriana's right on there. She's on the list, and Ooh. she's uh, so is Dome. Yeah, uh, I'm actually very excited to see what um, uh, what um, new stories are going to be told from uh, all of our creator people it's uh, that's been an aspect that was really quite surprising to us um we thought we were going to make this very nice game that uh had a lot of adaptability and uh wouldn't it be nice if someone would like to write for it and we've had a huge response in people who want the uh, materials and, and the guidelines to to write their own uh, sojourner stories it's it's been huge. I the cool part the that I really oh sorry, Dom, go ahead. The cool part that I really liked is that you set up nine stretch goals, and each one of them was an incredibly cool little addition. Some were incredibly cool large additions, and the last one was your stretch goal number nine, uh, the trilogy uh, adventure written by you. And Richard Garriott, who's also been on the show, and you guys hit that one. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, it was incredible because uh, that last number nine stretch goal was at the fifty-five uh, k mark, and we started the day, um, I believe, at around thirty-eight um, k. I didn't think you guys had a chance in hell of hitting I didn't that. Either, but nobody oh, did. Nobody <laughs> did, and yet all through the day. Um, all through the day, backers came in and backed and backed and backed and backed. And a lot of that, I think, was due, uh, well, part of that was due to um, Shroud of the Avatar um, uh, deciding uh, late, uh, late in the evening. Uh, I, I got this email from, from Shroud of the Avatar saying, you know what, we want to do something really cool. And anybody that pledges to your game, we're going to give them an in-game item in Shroud of the Avatar, uh, something unique. For Sojourner. Yeah, I saw that, and I was going to say, it was really, now, really cool how you could dovetail not only the reward into that, but also producing game modules that also tie into Shroud of the Avatar. Well, the the great thing for the Shroud of the Avatar people is that they'll be able to play these trilogy of games um, before uh, the Shroud of the Avatar game is released. Uh, the digital games released. And and so it gets them into the world uh, earlier and and gets them enjoying and experiencing the world earlier. Um, Richard was very excited to do this, and all of the people over at Shadow of the Avatar really desperately wanted to support that. And so I think that 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 push 
um, on their part um, toward the end was certainly a big factor, uh, but not alone. We also had a, a lot of people who came at the last minute, and uh, it was it was nearly miraculous. I I sat here actually later in the day, um, um, uh, and uh, I, I sat here later in the day, and I I started going through. Uh, you know, we, we kept getting these kicks, and I would I'd have to start posting things like, "Oh, we just we just passed the thirty-eight thousand stretch goal. Oh, we just passed the forty thousand stretch goal." And I kept updating the graphics, you know, with the achieved kind of sign, you know, and I'd get them posted, and then I'd go to Facebook and let everybody know that we had passed that goal. Right about the time I'd get to that, we were coming up on another goal, and I'd have to go over and make another graphic, and I'd have to, you know, and and I, I spent the day trying to play catch up on all of this. And then by the time we got um, to our telethon, we did the first and last, um, let's see, what was it called? The first and last um, annual uh, Sojourner Kickstarter telethon. And uh, Jerry Lewis had n nothing on us on that one. And, uh, <laughs> a lady! A lady! Okay. <laughs> so, we... I, uh, we started this telethon um, essentially at 8 o'clock at night as a Google Plus Hangout. And um, uh, uh, Dallas Schnell from uh, Shell from um, uh, Shroud of the Avatar came on and, and he kind of guested with us for a while and, and helped us out. And, and we talked about what was going on. And, and I, I suddenly realized that I used the um, end credits for the game. We had to put up a different page on the Kickstarter site before it closed. So I'm busy here trying to build these graphics, and I'm busy here trying to get this organized, and I'm talking on the air at the same time. And all of a sudden, we were approaching, uh, you know, all of a sudden, we're coming up on 50,000. And uh, we we had begun the day not thinking that that was even possible. We we were looking at the ClickTrack um, projections, and they were saying, ah, we think you're probably going to settle out around 44,000. And then we passed that, and we had Kevin J. Anderson was on board, and we passed the 45,000 mark. So, well, guess, I guess Kevin J. Anderson now is going to be writing a Sojourner Tales uh, story for us. And it just kept going up. And then by the time we got into the last um, hour before the close of the Kickstarter, um, uh, we actually got down to the 20, I think it was the 20-minute mark before the end of the Kickstarter. And we just crested over the 50K mark, um, which was another one of our stretch goals. And, uh, I mean, we, just, I, we couldn't believe it that we'd actually crested over this. And then someone posted in the chats, get ready for a surprise. And we, and we you know, what? What is that? And it was with about 15, uh, no, less than 15 minutes before the close of the Kickstarter, um, someone pledged uh, at our 5,000 level. Yeah, um, they they pledged at the five thousand level, which is where I will bring three games. I will fly to your house and I will play a game with you. <laughs> That's a great, great uh, extra special delivery. You call it? Uh, yeah, we call it extra special delivery. And and with and with less than fifteen minutes to go, someone pledged at that level, um, and uh, and it, it blew us right over the fifty five mark. Of course, yeah. they live in Reykjavik, Iceland, but, you know, that's a little... That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's more of a problem for me, actually. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, we, we absolutely, we had an unbelievable day. We had the best last day ever. No, wait, yeah. no, wait, Tracy, what I want to know is, if this person who pledged $5,000 is listening, who are you? And give me, send me an email from the sci-fi saturday night.com website there's a little email button link i want to know your story and and what motivated you to give this much money and are you independently wealthy and will you give me some money um, <laughs> but wait forget that last part um but no i really think i would be interested to get into this person's head and and know why they did that i mean not well and it was it was uh, they they have asked specifically to remain anonymous and uh, I'm certainly going to respect that, um, uh, especially since they they have actually in in their generosity have given a gift to um, every other pledge 
uh, every other pledger, every other backer of the project, because now every backer of the project is going to get this trilogy well, of adventures. that's true. I, I'm wondering, is that, is that, did they just really want that? You know, and I would accept a completely anonymous statement, too, if they don't want to come on the show and talk about it. But I just think that, that people who do things like that, first of all, are so cool. And I wish I Absolutely. had the money to do that for things that I love this much. Um, so it's kind of half jealousy because I wish I could just give people I love $5,000 to do what they want. Um, especially with such a great idea like this. Um, and, and number two is, is cause they did give that gift to every other backer and, and it seems like very consciously, it was a very conscious decision. So. But see, it's, and, and it's that kind, it's that kind of generosity that we are finding in all of the people who are getting involved in this game. I, I was on the forums this afternoon to just to see how they were doing. I, there, and, and there was this explosion of posts um, on the forums today on, on our SojournerTales.com site. All of them, people um, who were, I mean, we, uh, we have a phenomenal number. I was surprised, actually, when I downloaded it today, of people who have backed this project at the creator level and who want to write games for that um it's uh, for want to write uh, games and adventures for sojourn yeah yeah well, and, well your your thing here says 50 people have backed at the creator level but that that leaves out you know, well but then look at the producer level how many people yeah, that's what i was just about to say how many people have backed above the creator level we have we have like seventy seven people who backed at the producer level because they didn't want to be they weren't satisfied with just one year they wanted two, and and we have other people who have an, an enormous number of people actually who have add done the add on to add on a license to their to the pledge that they already had, and and all of these people have come online. the The phenomenal thing has been on the on on the site today all of the suggestions for what they would like to see in the game for for ideas of, of what we could use the pieces of the game for one of the things that came out today for example was well we have these cards that you that you draw down through couldn't you use the card stack itself as a time limit so that if you ran out of cards you'd know you'd lost the game and I said well well yes that's actually a really good mechanic when we're dealing with uh, solo play oh yeah so why don't we use the deck as a timer in solo play? And and all of a sudden, you know, this is a this was a this was an aspect that we've been looking at solo play because we have to develop solo play rules for the game. What a wonderful tool that suddenly is uh, uh, as as solo play rules. And all of this is generated by the community. All of these uh, this is exactly the kind of things that's generated by the community that is improving the game. We're going to need to go to press on the game here uh, relatively quickly because we want to meet the ship dates. But even what we have from the community so far has has improved the core of the game so much that we're, uh, we're really uh, incredibly excited now and energized by the community to continue on and to make something that everybody can play. It's a storytelling game that everybody can play. Uh, you know, hobby gamers are going to love this game, and they're especially, I think, going to love it because it's a game that they can play with their family. I think you're totally right, and it, I have to say personally that it's really gratifying to see other people love this as much as the potential I knew it had to be loved. Yeah, and that people have seen sense? that. No, I think yeah, so. Kind of people good. have seen that. Because when you when you first told me about this project, when it was a twinkle in your eye, I said, "Oh, this is going to be huge," and I am very, very, very pleased to see how huge. And it's still growing. It hasn't yep. stopped. I mean, you have well, seven hundred and seventy-six backers and counting. You you got two hundred and fourteen percent of your goal fantastic plus you have this one super fan here who is willing to give you five grand i mean there are certainly a lot worse positions to be in yeah absolutely yeah well we are going to be offering we, we on the website the sojournertales.com uh, website we're going to go ahead and continue the pledging 
And one of my tasks over the next uh, two days, actually, is to get that page set up so that people who missed the Kickstarter can still come in and participate on it uh, and, and get involved in, in the game, both in playing the game and, uh, and in writing for it. I just wanted to stop by this evening because I love you people and I love being on the show. I'm very excited to hear what you guys produce. I, wanna, I definitely want to see some uh, adventures from you guys. Oh, we will work on it. This will absolutely happen. This will happen. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to drop out here, and, but we hope to see everybody online. And I will be back. I promise. Congratulations, Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. Have a good evening. Thanks. Bye. 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 It's always nice when when somebody has a great project like this, and and it takes off like that. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, where are we at? Uh, Dead Redhead. Mm-hmm. There you are. Did we have a poll this week? We did, but apparently people didn't think they wanted to vote on it. It got oh. spread all over the place, and it's something like 900 people. Diff- no, that's an exaggeration, but we had... <laughs> but we did have, like, a couple hundred people uh, copy it, but nobody wanted to vote on it. Well, hmm. I think it's hard now with Facebook having crippled our polling mechanism. We'll have to find a new way to do this. Yeah, we really do need to. But I had asked folks who, what uh, monster would they like to have dinner with? And the staff can answer if they'd like to. What monster would I like to have dinner with? Hmm. Yeah, one person, well, only one person voted, and they said the Wolfman. So. Might be a little rare for my taste. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and... Go ahead, Al. Chris? Alan? Go ahead. That's okay. Everyone thinks I sound like him. No, I was... uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Count Chocula. Oh, (laughs) good point. He'd be great for breakfast. (laughs) Monster cereals are good for meals. That's really true. I got they to taste absolutely. yummy mummy for the first time the other day. And that was an experience. <laughs> it was really good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I, I did not brute. get a chance to get my paws on some fruit brute before it sold out of the stores around us. See what I did there? Yes, I do see what you did there. Not to worry, Kriana. Someone has been looking out for you. Wait, you have a box of fruit brew for me? Somebody has been looking out for you. I understand that Thanksgiving and Hanukkah fall on the same night. <laughs> fruit brute is the official food of both of those things. <laughs> as far as I know, anyway. So, Dead Redhead, before we move into uh, talking with the boys about uh, their uh, new comic stuff that's going on, uh, can we get a quick update on uh, Rock and Shock? Yep, real quick one. The big headliner is that D. Snyder is actually going to be in on Friday and Saturday to hang out with the Holliston Kang. So most of Holliston is going to be there, especially D. Snyder, because he didn't make it last time. Um, and then, of course, with Holliston, they're doing those mock auditions, and they're auctioning off a date with uh, Adam and all sorts of things like that. Um, again, it's next weekend. An unbelievable, I believe it's an unprecedented number of guests that they have down there in the horror genre. Even people from Sharknado. So think about it, folks, really. People from Sharknado. Boy, that's the push, isn't it? Sharknado. (laughs) Um, And Walking Dead and all over the place. Um, There's going to be auctions. Holliston folks are going to be holding mock auditions. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so check it out, and we'll have our final update. Well, it'll be while it's going on, unless you're listening to us live. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know how that one works. Anyhow, Chris and Alan Hebert are here from HB Comics, uh, authors, uh, drawers of Laser Man and Vindication. Drawers? Drawers, artists and writers. And drawers and inkers and, and, and letterers, oh my. Wow. Most of that's me. <laughs> Are you a drawer? No, yeah. Um, no, Alan, uh, 
Alan is, uh, of course, the creator and the writer. Um, I, uh, I, I get to do the, um, the drawing. Um, Alan I certainly told does. You that uh, was a word. <laughs> We're 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 we're, we're going to put out our own dictionary by the time we're done tonight. Yeah, I pretty much think we are. Um, but yeah, Alan uh, Alan does the writing. He sends it over to me, and then I do the uh, the penciling, the ink, uh, the inking. Alan does um, Alan does the flatting of the colors. I then go in and finish the colors. I do the lettering, and then pretty much all of the the pre press work. So, um, we, uniquely, actually, I think that we're actually an entirely two man team on Laser Man. Very cool. We uh, we kind of bump into each other at every single convention we're both at. And uh, when we were at... Wow, there's a really bad echo in there now all of a sudden. When we were at uh, GraniteCon in Manchester, New Hampshire, you had mentioned that there was uh, a couple of new developments coming out for the Laser Man line. Can we talk about that? Well, yeah, actually... Um we're uh, we're in the last twenty one hours of our Kickstarter right now. And, yeah, uh, night of the Necroloid. Lord, you oh bet. my God! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know you're you're not the only one who does these things drunk. I guess not. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we're in that. We're in the last twenty-four, uh, actually twenty-one hours now to go on Night of the Necroward, our uh, uh, Volume Two Kickstarter. Um, and just for the record, if there are any, um, you know, incredibly generous uh, five thousand dollar, all you guys in the Laser Man and the Kickstarter page, uh, we would love to hear from you. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a kind of a wild ride we uh we actually had a um a certain uh artist lined up to do a variant cover for us who would have been amazing um he had some health issues and unfortunately uh could not do it in time for the kickstarter although um we're hoping to still have that coming out down the road um so i, I was kind of i was kind of panicked i was like this was like the big you know mid campaign surprise i had planned to unveil this and uh, just on a, on a lark, um, I actually sent a message to Ethan Van Skyver, who um, we, we've seen at several conventions themselves and, and, and have kind of talked to. And I was like, you wouldn't want to do a cover for us, would you? And he was like, yeah, sure. Nice. Wow. It's amazing what people do if you just ask nicely. I know, right? I mean, it, it helps that we've seen him at, like, you know, about a quarter of the conventions we do. But, um... You know, so we kind of knew who, who we were a little bit anyway when we came to him, but uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. be like, okay, the guy who's currently drawing, what's, what's he currently drawing, Justice League, I Batman. think? Uh, yeah, Batman the Dark Knight. I know he just did a cover for Justice League. I, I actually got a Facebook message I'll treasure, treasure forever. Um, had to take a break from the cover because I had to do a cover for Justice League. I'll get back to it tomorrow night. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm sorry. That's that's not acceptable. You cannot do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, we uh, we got 21 hours to go. We're uh, at 111 percent funded right now. Um, the uh, the modest uh, goal of uh, of 3,000. We're uh, up at 3,351 as of this moment. Th- 361. <laughs> have I mentioned I have really bad impulse control? That's all right. <laughs> really um, bad. <laughs> if anybody else has any, uh, any spastic um, keyboard punching <laughs> tendencies, feel free to direct your pointers to uh, uh, to Kickstarter nowish. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, I love you guys, but, uh, and we see you at, like, every single con. I don't think I've I ever know. read Laser Man. I think Dome is hoarding all the review copies we've ever gotten. <laughs> you guys did a review at some point, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, about two years ago, I think see, it was. because Dome is hoarding them. I've never gotten to read them. So No, we gave them away. Did we give them away? Well, we might. gave them away, yes. Oh, well, now I'm legitimately purchasing them. 
Well, thank you very much. We'll make sure we I get really to you. I really like this um, artwork that you have up yeah. on your Kickstarter. Um, the the Billy Tucci original artwork reward with the pigeon. That's so cute. <laughs> That's sick. Tucci was another great guy. I mean, it's it's really it's surreal for us. You know, we we got into this as comic book fans, literally saying, you know, we need to we need to do the kind of stuff that we want to see. Because, uh, you know, there really aren't any classic heroes anymore other than Laser Man at this point. It's it's kind of sad to say. Everyone's being be rebooted and New 52 and Ultimated and every other damn thing. And uh, <laughs> Laser Man is really now kind of the torchbearer of that, like, classic, no apologies, yes, comics are slightly silly, but we like them that way attitude. And um, we got into this to, to, you know, make comics like we used to like to read. And, uh, you know, at the time that we started this, Alan was collecting sheep. Uh, by Billy Tucci, and you know, um, it's 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 really like a head trip to um, to actually have Billy Tucci first talking to us at all, and then second of all, you know, drawing Laser Man, and um, yeah, and the uh, the other thing he did is when he gave us the Laser Man cover for the last Kickstarter, he also out of nowhere gave us a another picture of Laser Man carrying she. Which, oh, nice! Yeah, I saw that in your rewards. Oh boy, that looked it. That looked fun. He literally said to us, um, "Yeah, sorry, I was late on the cover. I should have had it earlier for you. I did this as an apology." It was like, "That uh, you're uh, forgiven." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then after you changed your pants. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was just, and, and, and believe me, if, if there is anything that is more daunting than, you know, having a creator that you followed draw something for you. Um, imagine being in my shoes, sitting there and like, you know, with, with my Cintiq pen in my hand, the Photoshop opening up Billy Tucci and, and Ethan Van Skyver artwork and saying, okay, now I have to color this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Yikes. I literally... I think I did an okay job. I mean, I still kind of look at it and like, I'm, I'm coloring... All right, just, just for like forget what you're doing and just, you know, kind of fall into the whole, you know, analyzing color thing. Look at it mechanically and stop reminding yourself that you're drawing over Billy Tucci and Ethan's artwork, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of to, to be involved in, and to have these people, you know, saying, um, you know, actually, Billy Tucci has the, has the best quote we've been using it everywhere. He actually said, "Laser Man is one of the the most refreshing comics in the last couple of decades." Wow, I would totally and, agree yeah. with him, but everyone now knows I have not read it yet. So, well, I read them before. Oh, I know I'm really excited to read them. I can't wait. <laughs> Um, I, I love how you guys have the digital catch up package, which is volumes one and two. I want that. Absolutely. And it's for Absolutely. such a reasonable price. And do you, uh, did you see the, uh, the stretch goal we have in place? I did see that. That is, I mean, you guys know I am fans of 3D scanning slash printing. Absolutely. And, um, you know, this is, uh, this, this actually, we ha there was a figure that was uh, in development for Laser Man. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with that right now, but, uh, this has nothing to do with that other one. This is actually one that we're producing for this Kickstarter. Uh, we have a good friend of ours who's uh, putting together a 3D model for us, and we're going to have these uh, 3D printed and um, sending them out individually to people. So, um, you know, it was just something kind of fun at the last minute we threw together. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. That's, I mean, we, we had a, uh, the 3D printing guys who were at... Uh, Boston Con on was that last week? Oh my God, was that last week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was just fun watching them do the uh, do the Kriana torso. <laughs> but as a great way to just get the Laser Man figure out there, that's just incredibly cool. And it's got to be fun for you guys to have the freaking action figure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I do got to ask, Rihanna, was that, um, was that, uh, how was that experience for you getting 3D scanned? Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, if I pass by a mirror, 
I double look at myself and I'm like, mm, got <laughs> Well, okay, I was on some pretty good drugs. <laughs> no, no, it was fine actually. I I was just I decided to be not self conscious because how often can you get yourself 3D skinned? I mean, I know they're trying to bring it to the masses, but like. When the opportunity presents itself, sometimes you just have to take the bull by the horns. And, um, Absolutely. And I purposely wore an outfit that I felt comfortable in. And, um, they, they, it looked pretty damn cool. And, and I think they did some tweaking to my model, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love them for it if they did. But, um,. The, the models require someone who spends a lot of time with you. I assure you, they did not. No, no, I don't think so. That's what I look like. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Don't sound so disappointed. Was that it? Came out pretty well. No, no, it really did. I'm just like, yeah, well, I just assumed they had done some tweaking. I mean, all the models require a, a certain amount of tweaking, but you know. Mirrors can be deceptive, and you're always going to be your harshest critic. So I would just. Sorry, you got a link to that so I can check that out. Well, if you go to SciFiSaturdayNight.com, you see how I set you up for. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And um, oh, I guess the the video blogs have sort of. Taking over the page. Co-opted the page, but if you scroll down to the last one, you can see there's a picture of me being scanned, followed by all the steps it took to create the model, followed by a picture of the actual model itself on my desk. Well, I have to check that out. That's uh, that's that's pretty epic, though. So um, you know, it's nothing quite so complicated to get the laser man uh, little figure out there, but. you know, it was something fun that we wanted to do because, of course, you know, once, once we hit our goal, we were kind of like, all right, well, now what are we going to do? So, uh, you know, we just kind of thought that would be fun. I think it's so a great idea. Is, People love that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So my guess is for the next couple of months, your job is to kind of fulfill the Kickstarter and work with uh, within that. Well, we actually have... Uh, Issues are done. I think. I think you've actually reviewed uh, some of the uh, uh, issue five, which is the first of the three books that are collected in volume two. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, it's literally that and the two uh, issues that follow it to complete the story. Um, you know, for those for those who don't know, by the way, just to give you the Cliff Notes version, Laser Man is uh, all about a comic book geek who, in a bizarre twist of fate, actually ends up with real superpowers. So. Um, you know, what we were talking about before about it being a classic-style superhero, we, we really wanted something that was just like the the literally unapologetic, love-all, um, you know, uh, comic books are silly, and that's kind of why we like them, uh, vibe and that we remember reading when we were younger. So, um, you know, this is basically the continuing adventures, the first volume, which you will be getting, because you pledged. Um, <laughs> that sets up the whole thing. Um, this one, volume two here, is uh, continuing where we actually, you know, have a, uh, you know, what superhero story is complete unless he fights an army of zombies, right? Hey, that's true. That's true. And, so, and you're well, benefiting from my OCD, too, because I saw this as volume two, I'm like, well, I gotta have volume one. And I was like, oh, you guys made a tear for me. Hmm. <laughs> guys. Uh, heart. Next time, I'll- Next time, we'll just call it the Creonics here, and we'll be fine. Should, it has to be, only requirements is it has to be all digital and entirely OCD. That's it. Well, they... So, well, which yeah, this one um, was. It might as well have been the Creonics here. It was perfect. That's my point. That's, what, you think I'm kidding about this? I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, I mean, I want to suggest myself to another month of, of, of this, because Kickstarter is really... A lot less fun when uh, <laughs> when you're not like rushing to update your uh, your tier graphics like uh, like Tracy was. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so certainly we, we we got a fan base and uh, you know we uh, we hit our goal so we can't ask for more than that. Um, that being said, we are asking for more so we got 21 hours left. <laughs> 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 Anybody? Uh, uh, jump in on.
Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's it was just so important for us to get something out there that was more of an introduction to comics for people because um, you know most of the stuff that Marvel and DC are putting out right now is really really aimed at you know the kind of the adult comic audience, the people who grew up with this stuff and want something more mature feeling. You you mean forty year old white men? Uh, yes, and um, incredibly hormoned out uh, young adult type yeah. teenager ish. Um, you know, they're going for cool, the the cool audience that spell cool K E W L. Yeah, pretty much. But um, you know, we wanted something that you could, you know, God forbid, read read for your kid. You know, I mean, um, my my daughter. True story. I have a. You guys have met her. Uh, I have a seven-year-old named Lorelai. Yep. yep, we have. And uh, I properly brainwashed her into both Doctor Who and uh, and Batman. Excellent. And uh, she went and we got her watching uh, Teen Titans because of Robin. And uh, lo and behold, the only character she really cares about is Starfire. And you know, she likes <laughs> oh. but Mother Starfire. What am I supposed to do? Get her uh, uh, a the outlaw and let her read that? Uh, Good point. point. You know, and and since we started this, we've had so many parents come back to us after buying the book one day, coming back the next day, and just we we had one guy back down in Texas, I think it was, um, who came you know back to us next day after buying the book, shook our hands, and said, "I am so happy that I can buy a book for my children. Please keep this going." And and they're absolutely right. It's the kind of um, of without being sappy and stupid about it, great adventure tales and cool characters that kids will enjoy and parents can read with them and everybody has a great time with it. That's what I've always liked about the Laser Man series. It's always worked that, that way. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It, it uh, reminds I mean, people why they like comics in the first place. And that's the point. I mean, the, the entire idea is that Laser Man is actually a comic book geek before he gets his powers, and, and, you know, he's supposed to be a little bit of a kind of vessel character in that way, that, you know, he, he's seeing the superhero world the way that the fans would see it if they were actually stuck in that position. So it's, Now, uh, if only there was a laser girl. We, we, we have things in the world. I'm not going to say we have a laser girl in the works, but um, you, you, let, let's just say that we have an awful lot planned that I think you'll like. Mm-hmm. And as as things move forward with that, we want you guys back to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, you know, where else but Sci-Fi Saturday Night are you going to hear about the, probably the world's only all-ages zombie story? <laughs> You're right. Kicker to me. <laughs> absolutely right. Chris and Alan... Chris and Alan Hebert are the brains and the pencils and the words behind Laser Man, a terrific series that has met its Kickstarter goal for their, their latest adventure and it, just great stuff. They're at every con you're going to want to be at. Make sure you see them. We'll have links to their website and everything else about them on the uh, Facebook, on our uh, website page. Kriana, what's coming up in the next couple of weeks? I just totally shut that tab. No way! I did you really? <laughs> I did. Well, I was thinking about ZCon and how we hadn't plugged ZCon, so now while this tab is loading, I'm going to say, hey, if you haven't pledged to ZCon yet, their Indiegogo campaign is ongoing for the next 30 days. Go Get for it. It's it. for a good cause, and it's pretty, pretty fun. I guess that's the other All Ages zombie story, yeah? Yeah, could be. Yeah, there you go. Laser Man should make an appearance. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) coming up next week, we're talking to Art O'Callaghan about his new comic, Rogan. On October 26th, MySciFiStories.com joins us for the half hour. On November 2nd, we're having the New England Horror Writers Halloween Extravaganza. Halloween On November 9th. Bex Fine is going to join us to talk about the intersection of fashion and fandom. And on November 16th, we're having legendary designer Tommy Zotos, which will culminate in November 23rd, when George O'Connor is announcing when 664, The Neighbor of the Beast, will be getting its third season with special guest Griffin S. 
dead redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Doom! I want to thank Alan and Chris Hebert from HB Comics and Laserman for, for dropping by. I want to also thank Tracy Hickman for uh, photobombing the podcast. <laughs> uh, and congratulations to him. And Michael, we need you back on to talk about Zcon. Uh, from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and Grandma Girl Zombrarian, who I'm told is probably baking a pie. Thank you much, ladies. <laughs> Bye. Yay. If the pie is anything like the mute button, it's going to get burned. <laughs> oh boy. From, from the Four Color Vault of Comics. Thank you, Dead Redhead. This is Dome saying, Hamana, 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 or actually saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. <laughs>